Hey, everybody, it's Tina Brinkley Potts, business strategist, online marketing trainer, and success coach. And I am so very excited today because Jamie is here with me. And man, oh, Jamie's just special, okay? Like, very special. Um, Jamie and I have been through a lot of, it, it was funny, we had been in a lot of the same circles and a lot of the same everything. And it wasn't until both of us, like, literally were like, okay, I'm a key partner. Oh, I, and I, I, you was over there, man, I was there too. And, and you were over there. And so, um, as I told you guys, this season is about women in technology, women who are really, really doing what they say. And Jamie is doing what she says. So um, let me give you the bio because I want you guys to really understand how powerful she is. So Jamie and Jamie, how do you pronounce your last name before I mess it up? Oh, everybody does. It's Gilliland. I always say it's Gilligan's Island without the middle. Oh, I love that. Gilliland. <laughs> so Jamie Gilliland is an international speaker, a best-selling author, and sales and marketing automation expert that has been involved in sales, marketing, and technology for decades. I can attest. <laughs> the results are impressive. Thousands of happy clients and millions of dollars in closed sales. I'm going to say that again. Millions of dollars in closed sales. So just put a pin in that because remember, I'm bringing people who bring results, period, end of story. Okay. She is one of the most successful key partners in the world, garnering honors, not only for sales, but also retention. Her strategies and campaign have been used by some of the biggest names in the coaching industry for one simple reason. They work. Now Jamie shares the secrets of business and automation success through her next comma coaching programs, keep it simple strategies, and a trusted advisor to dozens of companies and businesses around the world. She sits on both the Ignition Partners and a product advisory group for Keep, yes ma'am, and still makes time to personally train entrepreneurs and business owners through weekly calls, group coaching, and live training events. Jamie and her team help owners and entrepreneurs to grow their businesses in ways they've never imagined, not only through practical advice, because again, remember I told you guys, libraries don't make money, can't just learn this stuff without applying it, <laughs> but also by outlining the exact steps her clients need to take to reach their goals in their businesses. Remember what you don't know, you don't know. And if you aren't sure where to start systematizing your own business and processes, you can never scale. Last year, Jamie and her brands helped to account for millions of dollars in closed sales for her clients. Um, how much of that could have been yours? Love that. <laughs> These are solutions that work. So Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. You are just such an amazing energy that I'm so surprised we haven't connected before becoming Keep Partners together. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was the right time. Let's just put it that way. Um, yep. So, you know, Jamie and I were talking a little bit behind the scenes and we were talking about our plans for the rest of the year. And, you know, I was telling her how I was kind of, you know, about to release, but then pull back, about to jump in, but then pull back. And so we thought one of the best things we could do in this episode is talk about how you can jump all in right now into your business and do it in excellence, regardless of what's going on in the rest of the world. So Jamie, first question for you. <laughs> Can, tell us a little bit about your approach. Is it different now with the state of social distancing or, you know, are you really just doing what you've already done anyway? You know, Tina, so many people talked about having to pivot and shift when COVID started because they were used to doing one way and not another. 
Fortunately for me and my clients back in 2014, I, at that time, and I tell this story all the time, I was a digital marketing agency owner. We did websites. We did mainly websites. That was the big thing that we did. And I would work with people who were within a 60 mile radius because I knew I could get there in an hour for the most part and I could get back in an hour. So I was only losing two hours uh, per call. So I could get in maybe two calls a day that I drove out to the different places and did it. And at one point I realized this is just silly. Why am I limiting myself? Why am I spending so much windshield time and doing all of this? When I can do it on a phone call, I can do it on, um, we didn't have Zoom back then, we had Skype and we had some other things. So, you know, I could do a Skype call and I could talk to somebody just like you and I are talking now. We're how many hundreds of miles away? And I got used to that early and I started switching many of my clients over to that model as well. Ironically, that was the same time I learned to use Infusionsoft and actually became a partner at that time. And went from having clients within 60 miles of my office to literally having clients around the world and working 20, you know, having people around the entire um, time zones. That was the word I was looking for. Absolutely. So um, Jamie, I love what you said. And I love that, you know, you had, even though you were in digital marketing, it was something you had to embrace too, right? Exactly. Like we don't always get it all in the beginning. It's like, you just had that aha moment and realized, wait a minute. And now you've opened yourself globally instead of just the local clients. Exactly. I literally start my morning in the, in Europe and the UK and end my day in Australia and go through all of those time zones through the course of the day in most days. Absolutely, absolutely. Jamie, you know, um, one of the, the things, what you said in my mind, now I wanna make it kind of practical for people right now, you know, live events, virtual events. Um, like you said, you would go to your clients, you could schedule into a day. Now you're starting off in the UK, ending in Australia, and you're not even leaving your house. And half the time, I'm not even changing my my bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I wear shorts and flip-flops on the bottom and dress nice on the top. Yes, yes, absolutely. What do you feel was the biggest mindset shift so I, I want to do mindset and then tactics, right? So what was the biggest mindset shift you had to make in order to get to where you are today? Actually, you know what? It's a mindset shift that I had to make in this kind of communication, but also in my pricing, in all kinds of things, was that I needed to stop prejudging what my customers would or would not accept. Hey, everybody, if you're listening live or the replay, type that in. I had to stop prejudging what my clients would or would not accept. Jamie, I think that that is a thing that a lot of people get wrong because oh, yeah. um, in sales, you hear about pre-qualifying people. Oh my God, did you just go down a, a place <laughs> that I'm loving? <laughs> like, okay. In sales, you, you're, you, they talk about pre-qualification. Sure. What did you find that wasn't quite true with that model? So let me tell you a personal story. Okay, I like them. I... Um, back in 2007 had, uh, was the CEO of a franchise company that we developed, which was a real estate office, residential real estate. We had three franchise corps, franchises that I'd sold. Um, we were picked as the top 100 new franchise concepts. You can still Google me and see it out there for market area real estate services. We were on top. We had an IPO on Wall Street for several million dollars. We were on top of the world. I was in the mid six figures. Life was good. 
all of a sudden I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. I had to step out of my business for three months and step back. When I came back into it, my business partner had not been able to sustain the business. And we can go into that on another episode. Uh, one of the reasons I'm so, so crazy about systems now, because I didn't have the right systems in place then. Um, needless to say, I went from a mid six figure income to, and there's a whole bunch more to the story, which I'm writing my book, so it'll be out sometime. Okay. But I lost my house. I lost my cars. I lost my job, my company. I lost my husband and the fire department had to deliver gifts for my kids that Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and I was using food stamps to feed them. So I went from up here to down here. I got invited to an event that was a big name coach and somebody gifted it to me, but I couldn't even afford the hotel. I was at a point in my life where I had to figure out how to go to the next step. And I went to this event. I couldn't afford the hotel. I couldn't afford the airfare. I drove eight hours. I stayed with my 80 year old aunt to go to this event. And at this event, they sold me a $30,000 coaching package. Now this was 15 years ago. So that'd be what, 50, 60,000 today? Absolutely, yes, at least double it. Yeah, and I had literally no money in my bank account. None, no credit, nothing. Everything had been destroyed. They gave me two weeks to pay the $30,000. I sold enough websites in those two weeks to pay the $30,000. Mm -hmm. Had they prejudged and said, I didn't have credit, I didn't have money in my bank account, they couldn't have sold me. Ooh. Right? Oh, Jamie. Oh, my God. Um, I don't even know where I want to go with that one now. That's <laughs> all so good. Okay. Okay. But I use that example because people prejudge all the time and say they can't do it. Don't say they can't do it. Let them determine how badly they want it. Right. But the, the part that was so good, like, I that definitely is definitely a story about don't prejudge, um, don't pre-qualify because you never know. But I want to dig into what was in you, in you in that moment that was like, okay, I don't have it in my account right now, but I know I need this and I'm going to go get it. There's no, there's, there's nothing stopping me. There's nothing stopping me as well as I am not accepting no in this, in this position. Like, oh, Jamie, tell me, how did you get there? My kids. My that legacy, was why? That was my why. I had, my husband had passed away the year before. My kids, I had had to, now, I lived, when this all happened, I lived in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is a fairly affluent place. I had a, a nice house on the, close to the beach. I, you know, I, I was, I was not doing too badly. I was keeping up with the Joneses. Absolutely. All of a sudden, I was standing in line with people who didn't even speak English, who didn't have jobs, and I was standing next to them to collect food stamps. And I was humbled by the fact that all of these folks had no problems with this. And I felt terrible about myself because I was, I was down and feeling like I was a failure because I was standing in line to pick food, feed my kids. Mm -hmm. When now I see it as it was just a step in the rung to get where I had to go to make sure my kids were taken care of. But in that moment, when I was looking at that program and getting bigger and going back to where I was, I wanted my kids to see that nothing can stop you. It doesn't matter what happens to you, you can still have the choice to make your decisions and have the life that you want to have. By the way, I've bounced back, I've got the fancy cars, I've got the nice house, I've got all the stuff again. Um, but the material things don't mean as much to me now as they did then. It's the life that we've built, the, um, the experience, 
Yeah, the changes we can make in other people's lives. Yeah, and the freedom. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So listen, guys, again, I don't know if you're watching this live or in the replay, but <laughs> if if Jamie didn't give you anything else in this, in this session, my gosh, there was a couple of things I got out of what she just said, and I just want to put a punctuation on them. Um, First, uh, I have this thing called change your money story. And um, it talks about the ceilings that you keep hitting when you're, when you're stretching beyond what you know, right? Like, um, and I don't want to get too far in it, but Jamie just hit something in there. She had already had a multiple six figure business salary and then it was gone, but she knew that that capacity was still in there, right? And yes, and, and, and Jamie's story is just so powerful because while she was there and that shame started creeping in, she didn't stay there. She didn't stay there. And then she got over the shame and, and allowed it to just be this moment in time that was going to set her up for something bigger. So Jamie, um, number one, thank you for sharing that story because I mean, like there's people who lost stuff in this. I mean, right now in the last couple of years, it's been a different time. Um, so there are people who excelled, but there are people who have significant losses. There are people who are starting something completely new. And so that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. You had this company and then now you, you took this coaching program and where did you go from there? So like, what was the next step to, to excelling in a time when most people would have crumbled? Well, and ironically, I don't name the program that I took because the program itself did not do did not do what I was expecting it to do. What it did do was it introduced me to a couple of things that then changed my world. Um, one, that was where I got reintroduced to, to Infusionsoft. And it's funny, I was uh, joking with Scott Martineau on a live not too long ago. In my desk drawer at home, I have a Southwest Airlines uh, gift card that I had won the year before. Keep had been trying to recruit me and I was like, it's too expensive. My people don't want that. Nobody's gonna pay $400 a month, which it was at the time. They don't need that, we can do this. And I was band-aiding all my stuff together and using MailChimp and this and that and all the different $25 a month packages which by the way, when I added them all up, were like $600 a month. <laughs> More <of> than, right. <laughs> but there was just this, again, mindset that ah, I'm not paying $400 a month for software, right? Yes. Um, so I got introduced to Infusionsoft and I, I did my first campaign. That was in November of 2014. And I did my first campaign for Black Friday. Now, as a web designer, for those of you that know, you know, the, the roller coaster of businesses, as a web designer, November and December were always my slowest months. Everybody had run out of money. They were doing their new budgets. They were busy preparing for Christmas. They didn't want to deal with creating a website or launching it. So historically, I don't think I ever made more than $2,000 in both of those months together. So oh, I was, yeah, it was, it was always bad. Um, and it was a mindset I let myself buy into. They don't want to do this. So I didn't push as hard. I did this Black Friday and I literally quadrupled my business in one campaign and went, hey, wait a minute. Maybe there's something to this stuff. And I became a partner the following the next time they had the session. That was back when we had to do the whole week in uh, Phoenix and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I started creating campaigns and helping people to build systems and automation, which became after the, the fallout from my first company, 
um, that became something that I became very passionate about. Those systems help, would have helped create the continuity when I had to step out for my health, when I had to, you know, even when you want to take vacation, having systems in place that let you do that so that you can step away. I mean, how many of us have such total frustration with our business and it's not the freedom that we started our business for in the first place. We created a job for ourselves. You and I are not in that bucket, but many of our clients are. So we used to be <laughs> until we figured out how to get out of it. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was, I think I came back to the question. <laughs> you did, you, you did. And, and I like now that we're in the space of um, like bringing it into this moment right now, we're, what we're talking about, right? Like, right. like we're, we're living in a time of ambiguity. Um, we don't need to define it. You know, you guys know exactly what that means. And as a business owner, sometimes you're making decisions or not making decisions, or even as I was saying to Jamie, before we actually turned um, the record button on <laughs> that sometimes you, you, you're, you're, you're hesitating and now, you know, we're going to, we're going to, Jamie's going to continue to give you steps where you don't need to hesitate, where your business can not only excel, not only continue to go right now, but excel. So the first step, if I'm listening correctly, in the story that Jamie just gave, was she had to think differently. She, she you know, you are used to doing something a certain way. Yes. But this time is calling for you to expand into things you may not know actually really exist and have existed for a long time. So then number two, which also has been embedded in the story throughout. And man, if you've been watching these episodes, I talk about systems and processes all the time having a system and process that goes beyond you so that you get that freedom again. So Jamie, let's, let's jump in there. You changed your mind. You realized something could be different. You ran that first campaign. You did not allow the mindset that you only ever really had $2,000 in those months combined to keep you from running this campaign. You did something different a system and process, and you said quadrupled your business? I quadrupled it in those two months. A year later, in November of 2014, well, the year 2014, I made $60,000 for the year. And I thought I was living in high cotton, as we say down here in Georgia, right? Because I was able to feed my kids, I was able to work from home and be there when they got off the bus, and I was able to do all the things that I wanted to do that were important to me. And I didn't have to cook macaroni and cheese and hot dogs anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, <clears throat> so you realized there was possibilities now. Realized there was possibilities. November of 2015, 12 months later, I was making $60,000 a month. So I 12X'd my company in one year. You guys hear that? So Jamie, what was, now, so now let's get into some tactics. The first step was you didn't get stuck into that yeah. mindset. It gave you um, some freedom and you, you, you reached like a sustainability goal right? Where, okay, life is good. Um, I'm not rich, but I now know I can do this because yeah. I'm working from home. I'm here for my kids yeah. and we're not eating macaroni and cheese and hot dogs anymore, <laughs> right? And then from there, okay, I, I want to amplify this part now from that sustainability goal to 12Xing you know, 60,000 a year to 60,000 a month. What did it take to do that? 
had to figure out, first of all, what I wanted my customers to go through. We refer to it in the Keep world as the customer journey, but where were they starting and what was the life cycle of somebody being my customer? Just building websites, there was no life cycle. It happened once every three, four, five years, and web designers were a dime a dozen. So if I wasn't there in front of their face when they decided to do it, I wasn't getting the business. So creating additional services for my customers. And the way I did that was I started to actually ask them what they wanted or what they needed. Instead of just going out and saying, oh, I think I'm going to be an ice cream salesman today, too, on top of this. Mm -hmm. I had to find out what they wanted and create those services for them. And ironically, when I found out that you wanted this, when I talked to the next person, I'd find out, yeah, they were interested in it, too. And they were interested. And now, all of a sudden, I had a product. So productizing versus just being a service person. As a, a web designer service person, I would sell, fulfill, sell, fulfill. And I was on that constant roller coaster. And there's a lot of, yep, there's a, we talk about that all the time. I might call it a hamster wheel instead of a roller coaster, but it is darn sure the same thing. Their service industries tend to be on you fulfill, get a client, fulfill it. So it's got a client, don't, got a client, don't. So like what Jamie is saying is so, so important. Jamie, tell me this, um, and this is from an insider, right? Understanding some of the language that you're saying right now. Um, first, this is a two-part question. First, I want you to define the client journey, um, just in case somebody hasn't heard it, but I know that they have, um, or they should know. <laughs> but most people are not don't know that that's what they need. Most business owners don't know that they need to look at that whole client journey and shore it up. Yeah. So as you were growing, what, what was your approach? I, well, as I said, I started to identify where, first of all, where was I finding my clients? How was I collecting them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, were they coming from referrals? Were they coming from advertising? Were they coming from networking? Were they coming from whatever, right? Today, it would be social media. We, we didn't have that back then, or at least not in the same, same uh, veracity that we have today. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so where I found them, then once they, what did it take to get them to become my customer? What made me stand out as different or unique or uh, what extra value was I bringing to them that they said, yes, we would love to be your customer. And by the way, I've been in sales, well, hell, if I, speak about my age. I'm 55. I've been in sales probably for 45 years because I was the Girl Scout that always had to win the Girl Scout selling con cookie contest, right? <laughs> so, and I've, I've been competitive for that long as well. Um, and sales is really just a conversation. It's, I used to tell my real estate agents, the, the perfect price, you know, people always want to know what's the best price for my house. Well, the best price is what the buyer is willing to pay and you're willing to sell it for. There's no way to know exactly what that price is up front. You have to have the conversation. And that's what I consider sales as. And, and I coach all of my clients on. It's finding out what their needs are, how you can service those needs, having them really want and desire those needs from you because you are different in whatever way it is, and then agreeing to a price. And when they, just like that $30,000, I didn't have it, but I figured out where to get it from because I wanted and needed and desired and loved the uniqueness of what I was buying. So let them sell themselves and you agree to what it is. Yeah. Right? Jamie, so, here's a... Yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a really good question. It's really good, because I okay. know, I, I mean, okay. When you are helping your clients get there, if you were to come up with a percentage 
of how many clients are actually really focusing on all of the steps of that client journey before the actual sale, what is that actual percentage before you start working with them? Two. (laughs) (laughs) So, So guys, I just want you to know the meat of what Jamie's saying is important because she talked about going from zero to 60,000 in a year to 60,000 in a month. And it was because she started concentrating on the time before they hit buy. It is the thing that keeps you off of that feast and famine um, roller coaster of having a client, don't have a client, right? Like, so the meat and the juice is there in that client journey. We all want the sale, but if you're not looking at all of the things that they're going through before they actually buy, you're missing a lot of money. Absolutely. And the other thing I advise my clients on is most of us go in and say, okay, I'm here. I'm the greatest. I'm the best. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm Tarzan, right? I can't get that hand yet, right? I'm Tarzan, don't you wanna buy from me? And oh, by the way, it's five grand. And guess what? They don't care how great you are. They don't care. I I was laughing when you were reading my bio. My husband wrote that for me, by the way, and I sent it this morning. So I was like, all right, I feel like I'm beating my chest a little bit. Um, They don't care about you. They care about what you can do for them. And that's the key thing that so many people forget. So if you stop going in and beating your chest on how good you are and why they should buy from you and start going in and asking them what they need and how you can service or serve them, you're going to get many, your closing rate is going to go sky high because they feel cared for. They feel like their needs are being resolved and they feel like you're the expert that can help them. This person is just the dumb guy, I would use another word normally, that's coming in and showing off, right? Absolutely. Jamie, oh my God. Like, so there's a stat that I I say comes out of a sales thing and I forgot which the source is right now, but only 3% of people are impulse buyers, period, Mm -hmm. end of story. And so if you really take that number and you dissect it, what that means at any given time, your prospects that are actually around you, if all you're concentrating on is that impulse buyer, if you take that 3%, so like literally if you do the reverse, you will understand that you're leaving 97% of your tip of your opportunities on the table, table, right? And and so Jamie, like, and, and, and you don't have to come up with a percentage, but could you tell a typical story of working with you when someone hasn't been focusing, they've been focused on, on that buy my stuff, beat my chest, buy my stuff, right? And then you come in and you put this process and the system in place. And then something starts to happen where it almost feels like it was magic because while they believed you, they were still a little skeptical, right? But then this thing happens and it's like, wow. Can you give a story of that? Because I know you have a whole bunch of them, but I know you got a good one. I have a really good one that literally just happened in the last month. So I always talk about not forgetting about that 97%. And that was the next part of the life cycle journey. So you have the conversation on whether they're ready to buy. When they say no, it doesn't mean no, not ever. It means no, not right now, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to keep them in what we refer to as a nurturing campaign, something that keeps your name in front of them. You know, my husband, when somebody says, I'm looking for a mechanic, he always says, I got a guy, right? Have you heard? I got a guy. Well, you want to become the guy or the girl that they refer and think about when stuff happens. And the only way that happens is by being in their face all the time. 
I had a client that came in, they're brand new, just came over, they had been using another software, just came over and started using Keep with me. They had a list, they have a list of over 10,000 and they've been nurturing this list. They're in another country. They, I'm sorry, they have not been nurturing this list. They've been building this list and they have 10,000 in there. And I said, we need to build a nurture campaign. And they're like, okay, well, we don't, you know, we don't know that they're going to respond. I said, let's do a little test. <laughs> so we sent out a little broadcast, um, three sentences in an email to 50 of the 10,000 people on their list. It simply said, for lack of a better terms, how can I help you go faster? Right? That's what the, the three sentences, there were specific words. When we sent this message to 50 people, they literally had 14 appointments the next day out of the 50. And of those 14 appointments, seven of them closed on a $5,000 package. And it felt like magic to them. And I, I know I've been breaking down a lot of what Jamie says, but I have to because it's just <laughs> so good. So Jamie, listen, we know this because we deal in this day in, day out, right? But the thing that she said, what I said about Jamie, you don't know what you don't know. I read that in her bio. And the reason that's important is because I like to say most people do their automation, their sales and marketing automation, Jamie, just like they put that bike together on Christmas. You never pull out the directions <laughs> and read it and you end up with these bolts and, and, and screws and stuff left yeah. after you put that bike together. So that bike works, but it doesn't work as good as it could if you actually read the directions and did all the pieces. So like exactly. in six months, it starts to lose its effectiveness in this, that, and the other. And all you did was use a thing that's available in automation that most people don't really even know exists in email marketing simply because they aren't building nurture campaigns. They're sending an email when they feel like it, or sometimes... They even feel like they're going to do it weekly, but it's a newsletter or it's a whatever. It has nothing to do with nurturing. Um, beautiful story, Jamie. My gosh, because like you really hit on the thing that most people, as you said, you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of you guys could be using systems that you think are compar comparable to like keep because both of us are keep certified partners you think are comparable and you've had you've heard people say oh i like this over here or i like that over there and you jump and start using it but you don't really realize these little pieces that can make it go faster and <laughs> my gosh how many appointments from 50 appointments. people 14 appointments and seven closings at $5,000 each. It was $45,000 in one email to 50 people. And again, client was like, oh, we don't really nurture. <laughs> we don't really do this, right? Yes, so guess what they're doing now. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, all 10,000 are being nurtured. Exactly. They're nurturing and they're sending that short little blast out to small bursts every week. Every week. Because what did you just say? No is not, is just no, not right now. If they don't close off the conversation, it's just no right now. That's it. Oh, well, and, and I guarantee you of all the people on this call, maybe two of them have ever had somebody say, don't ever contact me again and scream and yell at them at the end of a sales call. That's not typical. And we give that person most of the control though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most people exactly. are afraid of getting that. So they don't do when it's that that is the norm. Exactly. And if they do do that, okay. They're gone. 
Guess what? It's a numbers game. I just got the no I needed so I can move on to the yes. Man, okay. Okay, Jamie, I know I gotta let you go. I don't wanna hold you. <laughs> we didn't even get to the virtual events. <laughs> I know, we didn't even get to the virtual events. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to have you back. I gotta have you back to like four more shows. Cause like- Oh, there you go. I I've named so many different things. But anyway, Jamie, let's kind of wrap back before I ask you my final two questions. So basically what you've told people is to open up their mind because the way that they've been doing it is, might not be the way you need to do it now. Number two, well, try to get some system and processes, go ahead. Let me stop you there. I always love the definition of insanity, right? Doing what you've always done and expecting new results. <laughs> so they need to open up and not be the definition of insanity and think about there are alternatives and different ways to do it and and just observing or listening. Absolutely. Then having a system and a process. Mm -hmm. But number three, I think is the most important. You don't know what you don't know. There are things right now that for there are for a little bit of money, get you a whole lot of results. Now, Jamie was talking about back in, you know, a long time ago when Infusionsoft was kind of first out there or in its earlier days when it was like $400 to start. It's not that now, but, mm -hmm. and plus there's different versions, but even with the results she got, who cares if it was $400? Because- For a thousand, I still would have paid it because it was worth it. Because <laughs> it's like in this one example, it brought in $45,000 from sending an email to 50 people. That wasn't even the other 9,950 people that they have on that list, right? I, I had to do the math in my head as I was- <laughs> But, <laughs> my gosh, think of, think of the results from that. So there's things you don't know, but that can actually help you be better right now, regardless of what's happening in the world. So Jamie, I think you've already kind of alluded to this. One of the questions that I typically ask everyone, um, and I definitely want you to tell them about this offer that you're giving to anybody that's watching because I think that's important. But first, what, what is the one thing to make the things we talked about practical that somebody should do when they get off of watching this episode? Um, there's two things. One is the offer, which I'm gonna tell you about in a minute. Um, but writing down, I love, I'm a, I'm a tech girl when it comes to my notes and all of that. Matter of fact, my new favorite thing, have you seen these rocket pads? I'm like a big fan of these because I can manually write it, take a picture and it transcribes. And then I just use a wet cloth and erase it. So I'm recycling and, and transcribing and writing. Anyway, I'm a tech girl. Um, but when it comes to systems, these are my favorite things in the world. Mm. Every time I sit down and look at how a process goes uh, for your customer journey, what I always tell my customers, I have a whole presentation called creating the customer journey. In that, I tell them to sit down and think about their last favorite customer, best customer, the one that they jump for joy every time they see they call. What happened? Where did they come from? And put it on a post-it note and stick it on the wall and what did they do and what did you do and what was the next step so you outline exactly the journey that they went on then i want you to do it for the last worst customer the one that you had to fire right do the same journey and then look at the difference between them and make sure that where the the bad one fell off the rails you fix that and you fix whatever it is. That becomes the automation that you start to build. Woo! Oh my gosh, that was gold. Um, 
oh my God, was that gold. So, and the reason I love post-its is because you may decide that you need to rearrange it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's why I do it on post-its. Yes, that was gold. Um, and, you know, you could tell Jamie's a master at what she does because she didn't tell you to just look at the good. She told you to look at the one that was not so good. And I love that because I feel like your marketing should attract the ones you want, but it should also repel the ones you don't want. And if, <laughs> if you don't look at it, if you aren't willing to look at and be very clear and intentional about what you want and what you don't want, it's, it's, it's definitely the longer way around the mulberry bush. So Jamie, I know you brought a good gift for the I listener. Did. The second thing that, uh, that I would recommend every single person does is download my, what I call my activity tracker. And my clients hate me when I give them this, this assignment, but two weeks later, they absolutely think I'm a goddess. <laughs> So it's a tracker that I want you to set the timer on your phone for every 15 minutes and stop and write down what you did in the last 15 minutes. And on this tracker, it'll help you identify where your time is going. You will be absolutely amazed. And I like them to do it for two weeks. And if you have employees, I have you have them do it as well. Um, and at the end of two weeks, when you look at this tracker, you will see spots that you can automate and you can gain back four, five, six hours a week. I had a client who ended up, when we did this, they replaced, quote unquote, a person. And that person left a menial admin job and moved into a more fun, something she wanted to do job. And what she had been doing was completely replaced by automation. Wow, Jamie, that's fantastic. I love it. Um, okay. So, guys, whether you're watching again live or in the replay, when you hang up, first off, I think you should share this because there is someone you know who is going to resonate with the stories that Jamie shared with us. She really went deep. She told us about how she was at the top of her game. She had a really successful multiple six-figure business, lost it. How from there, she's in the line getting food stamps and then had to stretch herself to pay for a $30,000 coaching program. Um, and that was, a, I mean, you think about that stretch. That's a stretch. And then from there, getting to $60,000 a year, getting to a sustainability goal where she's feeling like, yes, okay, I'm home. I'm with my kids. We're eating good now. We're doing okay. And then taking that yearly goal and making it a monthly goal. If you're yearly, you want to be monthly, get Jamie's download period in the story. Jamie, I, I normally end with this because I feel like we all share our successes, but we don't share our failures. And I feel like you already did. But is there anything else, Jamie, you want to say about something that you thought was a failure at the time, but you realized was setting you up for something greater? Well, you know, losing the business, losing and, and having everything that happened to me then. And I could probably pull out a hundred different opportunities where I failed at something, picked myself up and started. Matter of fact, I was going to say the failure. When I thought about this, when you gave me that one question, I thought, yeah, it's, it's losing the business, standing in line. So I've already told that story. There's others where I have you know, started partnerships and been all gung ho and gone out and done stuff. And the partnership didn't work out the way I expected. Mm -hmm. And I always felt it's happened twice and pretty significant losses in the process. Um, but because of those, <clears throat> it helped me to learn not only 
the systems that I'm putting in place, but who and what the expectations are, good and bad, and the uh, way to separate the mm -hmm. exit strategy on businesses and things that we go in. My husband and I currently own five companies in addition to the uh, coaching company. So we have all of those in place. And because of those, because of the failures, I learned how to put in place systems that I now, instead of saying, I can't have partners, it's how can I have partners that we have the ability to know who's doing what and when it's not working, how do we separate amicably versus not? <laughs> wow. That, that, that's a, we put our big girl panties on and uh, that, like, that's owning your part in it, Jamie, where a lot of people don't wanna do that. We like to blame just the other side, right? And you, that's, that's, that, there's so much gold in that, my gosh, because being able to own that so that you can find the happy medium when you go in the next time. So J Jamie, is there, I just wanna thank you again for coming on, sharing the story, uh, sharing like everything that you said, because most people don't share that struggle and what it was like at that time. Um, yeah, like it, it just is important because a lot of people that could be watching the business might look perfect on the outside, <laughs> but they're having some struggles on the inside. And what Jamie showed you is that you can go from having what you make in a year to be what you make in a month when you put these systems in place. So get her download. Just get it. Jamie, is there anything you want to say before we end? Uh, yeah, the download is tracker.keepitsimplestrategies.info. Um, I'm all about keeping it simple. And I took out the stupid and changed it to strategies. So it's the KISS method with Jamie, but it's strategies. Um, so, like that. And that uh, will also be pinned in the comments below the video. So you will definitely be able to get it from there. I am just honored, Tina. You're just, you're making a difference for so many lives by doing these interviews. And I'm, I'm very thankful and grateful that you brought me on to do this. Oh, I'm so grateful you're here. So guys, remember, download, share. Most business owners are living lives of secret desperation. So even if you just inbox it to somebody and just say, hey, I think you should watch this. I think you will make their day. I know you'll make their day. So um, Jamie, thanks again for being here. Thanks, Tina. I'll see you guys the next time. Bye.